This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, September 11th, and we have plenty of Celtics stuff to talk about. Um, kind of. K- kind of. We have no, we don't. We, we don't. Don't lie to everybody. <laughs> I'm just, we I'm literally just sat here for like an podcast. hour. I'm just lying. Uh, elephant in the room. My background's gone. It's like, if, you're, if you watch us on YouTube instead of audio platforms, I usually have a big background behind me. Uh, I wonder how many people listen on just audio platforms that have never checked out the YouTube. I don't know. But regardless i usually have this big background behind me it's actually right there you can see it like folded up in the corner of my room but my neighbors decided that they felt like lighting off fireworks and when i say fireworks i mean they're lighting off explosions in trash cans and dumpsters and so it's super loud it's monday afternoon yeah for context this is in a suburban neighborhood right my dogs yeah yeah suburbs yeah, yeah yeah so i my dogs were freaking out so they were like going in and out of the room so i didn't want to like and they're also they're not like scared of that. Like once it goes up, they're fine. But me putting it up just adds like a change of environment. And so uh, they, they're currently chilling on the bed and the floor next to me. So I didn't want to put it up and disturb them because they were already freaking out. So you guys get a look in behind the curtain now uh, at my room and my nice. These are like pull- see into his whole home. <clears throat> see the living room, the staircase yeah. to go upstairs. You see a TV. There you go. Um, but <clears throat> anyways, yeah. Sam and I have been scrounging together Celtics content. Uh, we are going to catch up on RJ's emails as well later in the program. But it's going to be lit. <laughs> it's going to be great. But first, sorry, I'm, I'm just laughing at you saying lit. <laughs> like this is 2016. <laughs> no, I think it was, lit was so more fun. of like 18 to 20 range. Maybe it was. It was just so blunt. Usually, that you like you go on these tangents, but you was yeah, it's gonna be lit, and then you cut that end. Yeah. Just, well, you, at least you know I was done. Usually, there's that weird. Just, is he done? Is he gonna say something? I shouldn't. I should cut. <laughs> it just threw me off. It just threw me off. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're gonna start with something that's kind of NBA, but has a Celtics tie in as well. LeBron James is reportedly recruiting people uh, for the 2024 Olympics for Team USA, uh, according to Shams Charania of The Athletic. Um, Obviously, Team USA lost the bronze medal game to Canada. Dylan Brooks dropped 39 of them, which we can talk about later because yikes. Uh, and LeBron, LeBron said, let's get the Avengers together. Let's uh, let's get everybody in. Talked about Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Some other names were thrown in there, including Jason Tatum, which as much as you know, you're like, oh, that's cool. Jason Tatum. Not really a surprise. He was like the second best player for Team USA at the Olympics uh, four years ago or three years ago. Technically, is because of COVID. Technically, two um, years. But, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, 2021. Tokyo right. 2021. By the time the 2024 Olympics, it will have been three years. I think that's what was going through my head. Um, but it's not a surprise to see him on the team. I think I would have assumed he'd be on the team anyways. Um, but it, hearing that he is one of the players LeBron is trying to get to the team makes it sort of more confirmed that, okay, yeah, Tatum will probably be in the Olympics that year. So that's that's the Celtics news we have to kick off today. <laughs> that may be the only piece of Celtics news that we have. We've got other <laughs> stuff other to stuff. discuss, but news, this might though. be the actual only piece of news as the – NFL season kicked off yesterday, so that's all anyone's talking about. <laughs> but LeBron wants Tatum to play for the USA team in the Olympics. 
I prefer that he keeps his hands away from Tatum. I prefer that he does not try and discuss anything with Tatum. Uh, LeBron is a massive rat. This should be tampering investigated. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people. He's like, you know, uh, your team drafts my kid will be teammates. You're a bum. <laughs> There's no way that's But in, in all seriousness, there is an argument against what I'm about to say, and it's a very fair argument. But I absolutely hate the international play with the United States. It's part of why I root against them. Because no, LeBron didn't want to play in this tournament. Hmm. Not that he really should want to. Team USA has been put below, as it should be, the NBA. It's not the biggest stage to play the sport. It never has been because it's not really a global game. It's not like soccer where the World Cup is such a massive thing. Everybody wants to play in it. You have all of the countries rolling out their best squads to fill out and make sure that they're competitive. Team USA sent a B team. Canada Mm -hmm. sent out Jamal Murray. Uh, Maxi Kleber didn't play for Germany. Jokic didn't play for Serbia. Like you can just go down the list and it goes on and on. Giannis didn't even play. Even these guys that are international stars and really some of them, the only thing their country has to trot out there aren't playing in these tournaments. Yeah. But now in the Olympics, the stars are going to get rewarded for not wanting to participate. And they're just going to trot out there. I guess you want your country to have the biggest window for success in an Olympic competition, but I don't know. Is it fair to these other guys that went across the world? I guess maybe it's like an experience, but they went out there, got shit on by the media for losing. Yeah. And they're not going to get to go and play on the bigger stage. Should they be rewarded for losing is the, the counter to that. And the answer is no, but at the same time, these guys shouldn't get rewarded for not wanting to participate. Like you, you can't only want to participate when it's cool. Like you should have to be involved throughout well, all of it i think you phrased it well here like we put it on the sheet and you go is i hate to start sitting out the small comps and wanting in but i also get it and i think that's what i think too like i dislike the idea of it because it does seem lame but i understand why they do it and the way I, you mentioned soccer and i think you can use an example there it's like these teams don't roll out their best squads for like the champions league do you know what i'm saying because that's just a side competition they don't care about as much or, or not they, the champions league but yeah but like there, there are side competitions, like there are cups and stuff that Arsenal or or Brentford or Liverpool or these teams will say, okay, let's send out the B team. This, you know, it's cool if we get to the finals, maybe we'll roll out the main squad, but we'll, we'll send out the B team for now. And the World Cup isn't a part of that because that's like the biggest international competition there is. Like that is the international competition. The FIBA World Cup is like the secondary international competition to the Olympics, and everyone wants to medal at the Olympics. That's the big thing. And so I, yeah, I just think it's like the B competition. Go ahead and finish. No, so yeah. the difference between the international play in the World Cup, FIBA or FIFA, and the you know the smaller competitions that club teams play, it, it's kind of apples to oranges. Like if you look at any or almost all of the international soccer teams, even when they play, they just had an international break, so there were no league games this weekend. Instead, players went and played for their home countries and represented them in qualifying games for different competitions. Okay. So the Stars are showing up to play in the qualifying games to play in the World Cup. They do are they? playing the small competitions. They do? I, I'm genuinely asking. I'm not, like, questioning. No, yes, them. they do. Like, okay. guys that are megastars are – I mean, Messi played for Argentina even though he's old now. Like – but he just okay. played in a game yeah, yeah, yeah. over the weekend for Argentina. There's no World Cup. It's part of the qualifying process for all of it. But they're still showing up and playing. Now, there is a point to be made with the smaller competitions like you mentioned. They absolutely do trot out the youth teams. 
to play in these side cups, the domestic cups. The reason they can do that is the teams they are playing aren't necessarily always at the same level of competition as them. Which is kind of similar to FIBA, usually, right? And it's getting better, but like usually it is the U.S. is so much better that they just don't have to send the A-team, and that's why they send out FIBA. Obviously, we're seeing that change, and we've seen that change a lot over time because even with Giannis and Jokic and these guys sitting out, like Germany still has NBA players on the roster. Canada still has NBA players on the roster. Even Serbia without Jokic, they had a couple NBA players on the roster who played really, really well. Bogdanovich was on a heater. Jovic was really good. Uh, this center, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Mutalitinov, something like that. Like he, he was drafted and the Brooklyn Nets hold his draft rights. Like he's an NBA caliber player who got drafted, who played really well. Like there are NBA caliber players throughout these world cup teams, but the U S can, has been historically fine by just sending out the B team because this is the quote unquote, at least in most people's eyes, the B international competition, uh, to the Olympics, which again, I, I think it's lame that these guys who just went out there in, in Philippines and, and Japan and, played and like you said got torn to pieces probably aren't going to get the chance to play on the olympic stage but at the same time this is kind of how it works like look at the redeem team usa gets smacked in the olympics and then the stars are like all right let's bring out the big guns again they smack everybody around the next year and so it's not exactly the same because the usa did get gold at the last olympics anyways but you see them not even medal at the FIBA world cup and so the stars are like all right let's let's show everybody again why we are who we are and we're the USA also not that not that it, it, it does matter. Cause it is a point. This is probably LeBron's last chance to play in the Olympics. So it does make sense. He would want to play cause he has been in the Olympics a lot. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's an excuse for him to push aside these guys who just played in FIBA, but it like you understand why guys like LeBron and even if people who don't like LeBron, like you like KD Steph Curry, like this is probably their last chance to play in the Olympics. And so it makes why sense. Is it their last chance? Well, no, <clears throat> I mean, some of them haven't even played. Curry has not played in the Olympics. Well, yeah, but it's one of his like. By, I mean, by the time the next Olympics roll around, it'll be forty. So, like, I'm just like in terms of no, age and the. People I, playing, I got upset. The wrong part of that. <laughs> why well, should they? Why should they care now? They didn't care before. KD has sure. played in the Olympics. LeBron has played, but Curry in particular has not played in the Olympics. So why should he just get to show up? Like this. This is just like a pet peeve thing. Like I'm, I'm wrong on this. Like these guys are the best players. They should go out there. But at the same time, I just don't like that they're not participating in anything, and then they get to go up to the big competition. I think Steph I, has I know it's a on stupid the hill to stand though. on, hasn't he? But this is partly why I don't care. Like I don't care about Team USA mm-hmm. because this whole B team, send the stars, don't send the stars. I, why, why should I give a shit? They don't. They don't even care. They don't care. In Steph's slight defense, he hasn't played in the Olympics, but he has played for the FIBA World Cup before. Like he has been on international teams, paid his dues. But yeah, he's played for a couple, and he did he did get gold in both of his FIBA World Cups, so we'll give him that credit. But no, I I agree. Like I said, it is lame in like the concept of it because, uh, like you said, like Brunson, Edwards, all these guys who just played pretty well at the World Cup probably won't get a chance to play on the international team at the Olympics. But that's just kind of the way cookie crumbles. The other part of this that I wanted to talk about. You look at Team USA, where does Tatum rank among current USA-born basketball players? Because we spent the whole summer talking about rankings, and I don't want to get into the deep like rankings part of it, but I, I wanted to talk about like the USA's roster a little bit. Tatum's probably one or two when it comes to like the best USA players right now. Because when we've talked about it, Jokic and Giannis are up there. Luka's up there. The only ones contesting him, at least in my eyes right now, 
I think LeBron's a little bit past, so I wouldn't qualify him. Durant KD. and Steph. Yeah, Durant Booker. and Steph are probably the only ones. Booker up there with him too, but I'd put Tatum ahead of Booker. I'd I'd put Tatum ahead of Durant right now, mostly because of availability. Um, you know, last year with injuries and stuff. Steph, I'd still have above Tatum, but Tatum's like a top three USA player right now. Like Tatum is in four years from now at the 2020, what will be eight Olympics. Tatum is going to be USA basketball, which is cool to think about as much as like, I know you don't care as much for team USA, but like the Celtics are going to have knock on wood. He's <laughs> get that extension sign. The best American born NBA player. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a different thing. I don't think they've ever actually had that happen where, the face of USA was the Celtic. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of cool. I remember being a kid and kind of wishing that you would see Pierce or Garnett play for the Olympic team. And yeah. It never happened. So I think it's more cool for that purpose of like kids being like, Oh my God, like I know that guy yeah. and he's playing for the team. Um, I personally, I think he's probably the best too. Curry's probably better. I don't know. That's what I was going to say, but that that's really one. the only argument to me. I think he's better than Booker Durant. It's close to me too, but Durant's on the decline. He's on the incline. So it's definitely going to be him in years to come. My thing with those two is they're such similar players in my eyes and Tatum's younger and more available. That's why I have him above right now. But like, I'm not going to like, I wouldn't push back if somebody came into me and said, oh, Durant's better still. Cause like, like this is the same thing. <clears throat> but, no, it's fair. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I half wish they trotted out like the, the youths. And had them play the amateurs or something <laughs> like, like a that. Fifty year old, the youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I feel like. Um, <laughs> I think it would be interesting for us, whereas we would get to learn or see some of these kids for the first time. Be their introduction. I don't know. I guess really, what I want is just a concrete system. I don't like you know, the back and forth of the stars are going to play. The stars don't care about this. The stars are going to play. The stars don't care about this. I'm over. You know what I think it should be. If the FIBA World Cup is still going to be a joke for these stars, they either need to send at least some of these A-tier players to the FIBA World Cup or just send the select team. Let the, let that be where the youth guys get their experience. Let them Correct. play in the FIBA World Cups. Let the, the like, Paolo can still go because he's young, but then the Cade Cunninghams, the Emmanuel Quickly, the Peyton per- the guys who played for the select team this year. Make it and a then, challenge. Exactly. And then I'll be more okay with, okay, the stars want to show up for the Olympic. That's how it should be, right? You go to the Olympics. It's fine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, I don't know. It is what it is. My other question, and I don't put this here. Do we think Jalen Brown makes the Olympic team? Because he played for FIBA a few years ago. Do we think he tries and gets on this year? It's going to be tough with all the players. He could do it. I think he should be up there. 
I saw somebody put out a list of like the the people that could go, and Brown was on there. Mm-hmm. It was based off the All NBA voting, and he is amongst mm-hmm. the league's best in terms of media respect. Players that could get on there, like let's let's American go through, born okay? stars. Yeah. So you you'd have to imagine it's going to be LeBron because he's spearheading this. All of a sudden, we're just talking forward. International. No, this Three is teams. just the team, the okay. roster. LeBron, Steph Curry, KD, Tatum, Bam Adebayo. Do we have like a list of people he name dropped specifically? I'm going to go to the Shams article. Hold on. Stand oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go to it as well. I, I remember Dame was named. I think Booker was named. Steph was named. KD was named. Kyrie and Darren Fox were like interested. Draymond Green was named. Anthony Davis was named. Okay. Um, you ready? I got it. Yes. Go ahead. James has spoken to Steph Curry, Durant, Davis, Tatum, Draymond, Devin Booker, Lillard, Fox, and Kyrie. James Lillard, Lillard Fox, and Kyrie. The USA World Cup team led by – oh, okay. These guys aren't important. I just saw their names yeah. too. Lillard, Fox, and Kyrie I think were separate. I think those were the guys that showed interest, but I don't know if they were connected to the James co- – Booker, community. Lillard, Fox, Kyrie, serious interest. Okay, yes. Brown not mentioned. So – just alone here, the players that's mentioned. 10. That's 10. How many did they yeah. take? 12? Uh, I think so, yeah. Let me check the 2020 roster. The Olympics basketball. There's going to be a big campaign for Trey Young, who people feel like got snubbed on this one. I think that's garbage. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, there's 12 players on last year's roster. So this is 10 right here. LeBron, Steph, KD, Davis, Tatum, Draymond, Lillard, Fox, Kyrie, Booker. Now. To be honest, I think De'Aaron Fox would be kind of redundant on this team with mm. Steph, Kyrie, and Booker already, and Lillard if they were to commit. So I don't think they'll have that many point guards. I, if anything, I think Halliburton should go over him because playmaking. Like I, I think he'd be the best playmaker on that team. Also, <clears throat> something I was listening I front office show, I mentioned a lot just because it's just one of the podcasts I listen to, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. They were talking about it. USA does not have a lot of big men. Like there are not a lot of no. American born centers who are very good anymore. Like Davis is the best one. He doesn't even want to play center. There's this big recruitment now for Joel Embiid that no one knows where he's going to play for. Cause he has French citizenship. He's from Cameroon and he also has USA citizenship. So he can play for any of those teams and he's never played international basketball before. So no one knows where he's going to play. So there's going to be probably a recruiting thing like USA probably saying, come play for us. I mean, if France gets them, they'll be nasty. They'll have Wemby him 40, like all, like all the international. Guys. I, I want France to go. <laughs> all in but the thing about france they actually have big guys that's the only thing they have yeah they have uh wemby gobert who sucks and also Embiid, maybe right mm-hmm. so that's three big guys that have they also have fournier and killian hayes batum batum i don't know I if I'm like forgetting we're, for, anybody. We're, we're forgetting players france olympics 2020 basketball like I'll honestly look. if you're a star and you want to earn my respect go join an obscure national team and lead them to glory then i'll cameroon you. Hey, get Cameroon to the, to the Olympics. Siakam is also Cameroon, correct? Or is he Senegal? Sen- Senegal. I'm going to double Senegalese. check this. He's Senegalese. Awesome. He's Senegalese. Senegal. Um, also on that team, um, Franklin Lakina, Yabusele, Lu- uh, Timothy Luomo. Like, I'm just thinking as well. Um, Taco Fall? Google says to me. Senegalese. Basketball reference, Siakam, Cameroon. Uh, Wikipedia, Senegalese. Some well, conflicting one? information. There. What, what is the um, website they tell you never to reference for information? Wikipedia. 
but mm. I always reference it for information, man. Come on. Basketball it's... reference, born in Cameroon. That's what it's like. All right, fine. Whatever. Um, probably true to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, birthplace, real GM, Senegal. Anyways, uh, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Anyways, regardless, back to Team USA. If those 10 play, right, let's say Fox does decide to play, that only leaves room for a couple more spots. Also, basketball references Senegal. I don't know where you're looking. Um, if those 10 play, you have to imagine they get Bam out of bio too because he's another big man. Um, so I don't know. Like Maybe Brown sneaks in with that 12th spot, but there's going to be other players vying for it. I don't know where you're looking. <laughs> Taco. Oh, I'm I'm lit- no, I'm looking at Pascal Siakam, not Taco. Oh, you said the fuck cares about Taco. I swear you said Taco. Am I no. losing my mind? Yes. I, I've been looking at Taco this whole time. Siakam Okay, so is, we're both right. Cameroon. Yeah. Okay, so him yeah. and Embiid Siakam can be on Cameroon, the same team. Right. That, that was okay, my point. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that would actually be a pretty good team. I wonder who I was getting upset. Team. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I was confused, too. I was like, what are we doing? Um, also, Christian Coloco from Cameroon. Uh, yeah, that could be a good team. Anyways, regardless, I think Jalen Brown has a point. I think Tatum probably is a lock to play for 2024. And I do agree. It is lame, but understandable why the stars play in the Olympics and not the FIFA World Cup. Wow, we did right. 20 minutes on international. I was just going to say the same thing. We dragged that out. I'm, well, if you're I'm still listening. Took so long. Yes. <laughs> uh, next uh, thing we have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anthony Duckett of excuse me, Space City Hoops. I had to cough. Um, Space City Scoop, I should say. The Rockets fan-sided site. Listed Robert Williams as a potential guy the Rockets should maybe go after. Now, you know, start up front with this. Don't think the Celtics should trade Robert Williams. Obviously, uh, he's an important part of the team. This is typical. And, and at the same time, this isn't meant to hate on Space City Scoop. This is like, it makes sense why you would list him as a trade target. You're like, oh, they have Al Horford. They have Kristaps. Maybe you could entice them. Maybe they need more. Like, there is an argument to be had, although I don't think of, about it from the Celtics perspective. I think the spear, the, the conversation that can be spearheaded from this, or, or like a tangent off of it, Celtics traded Marcus Smart. They showed they are willing to shake up their core. I don't think it will happen this year, barring something catastrophic happening in the first half of the season or them thinking they need to shake things up more by the deadline. But how open do you think the Celtics would be to shaking up their core even more? Because as much as I think it's a different situation because Horford is older and because Rob is injury prone and so is Porzingis, you saw them have three guards last year, three starting level guards, trade one for different depth. Now, I don't think they will need different depth because they the depth they needed was at the center position. But my question is, how open slash willing do you think Brad Stevens will be to shake this core up moving forward if they continue to fall short of a championship? Because he's clearly willing to. And like, I, I'm, it's just, it gets you thinking like, how like how much is he going to attempt to like, really push them if they keep getting falling short, I should say. The reason I hesitate to say Robert Williams will be somebody that they do offload. His contract is his contract is too good to the degree where who's one player that you would take back in exchange for Rob Williams where you'd be like, damn, that was worth it. You probably can't That's the thing. pick anybody. Yeah. Unless the only situation I could see is if you take Brogdon's contract and Rob's contract and you get another star, but at that point it would have to be the perfect star. Like I, I truly think 
outside of the injury concern, because it's there, Kristaps is a perfect star for the Celtics to go after because he is the Horford replacement. We talked about it before it happened. We were like, out of all the guys in the league, if there's anybody who could fill the Horford role, it's probably Porzingis. And that's something that works really well with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they got it. And so I think the only thing you consider trading Rob for, and again, I only think this would happen if he continues to have injury issues, which would hurt his value a little bit. But then you combine it with Brogdon. That gets you to around thirty plus million dollars. That gets you a star. If there is a t- like, that is the only real pathway I could see them doing it. But it, that would be an even bigger risk because then you're trading two star players or two core players, and you would really have to bank on okay, maybe Peyton Pritchard took the next step, so you're a little bit more comfortable. Maybe Sam Hauser emerges as a, a more solidified rotation piece. Like you would have to be confident in your deeper bench pieces taking that next step into core roles and for you to be willing to trade them for a star and I, I like this is just completely hypothetical i don't even know who that star would be but that that is the only scenario i can see the celtics even considering a trade like that because right now they have one of the deepest rosters in the league and sacrificing robert williams because of his contract would probably also have to come at the expense of a malcolm brogdon see so. even if they're getting a star i've had enough of stars just That's about every star that yeah. comes out and is like, I don't want to be on this team anymore. I'm usually kind of soured on him. Like, I'm like, do I really want this guy in the Celtics? No. The, the answer is usually no. That's why I don't I, think I, they're th- going to get Embiid for Brogdon and Robert Williams. Either. Yes. That's why I qualified it. It would have to be the perfect situation. Like, I think Porzingis, again, to use the example, like he didn't want out of Washington. They were just rebuilding. So they offloaded him. Like, it would have to be a situation where <clears throat> the stars requesting a trade, you know, they're not going to be a problem. You know, they would be comfortable being the what third, fourth option on a team, but they are good enough to be a a one, a, you know what I'm saying? Like a guy willing to sacrifice, like, like Chris Bosch, when he joined the heat, he was, he was a one, a in Toronto. He's the best, but then he joined the team as the third option. And he was perfect in that role because he was willing to sacrifice and and do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the sort of example, like Steph Curry. I I get what you're saying. I'm just trying to think of who that is going to be. Exactly. I don't, I I don't know who it would be, but that's the, like I'm saying Siakam. would you go that's after the guy, Maybe. That's the guy I thought of originally, but his situation where him not wanting to re-sign in um, anywhere but Toronto is like red flag, ding, ding, ding. Like, half-jokingly, Anthony Edwards, because Pat Bev was like, oh, he doesn't want to be – what if he doesn't want to be Minnesota? But I still – I don't think that would make sense because he's a score-first guy. Like, realistically, it would never happen, but Halliburton <laughs> – if Halliburton wants out of Indiana, <laughs> send him – you know what I'm saying? Like – a guy like that like i think the only thing you would consider or you should consider even like picking up the phone to entertain a rob deal would be if a pass first point guard becomes available because i truly think that is the only thing and i don't think the celtics need that to win like i think they are comfortable rolling running with a i think two different types of point guards work with this team and i think it's why you saw them fall flat sort of with kemba and Kyrie because I think it needs to be either a defense first point guard or a pass first point guard, because you already have two score dominant wings in Tatum and Brown. I think that's why Marcus Smart worked. And I think that's why Derek White will continue to work. But if you can get a star level guy who is going to average 10 plus assists a night and set up your team, take the ball out of the Jays hands a little bit. I think that's going to would be something that I would be willing to say, okay, maybe we make another consolidation move. That said, the Pacers aren't going to trade Terry Salford anytime soon. So I don't know if it would happen. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I also think Derek White kind of fits that. He does. He does. Like, let's let's see how this goes first. And I'm not saying you're trying to blow up the team because you're clearly not. Mm-hmm. But the Celtics have a good roster. Like, I don't like the what trades are next thing. Just yeah. because it, we, we don't really know what there is to shift at this point. 
you've made a big splash. And I know the whole point of this is we've seen that Brad Stevens is willing to pull the trigger. So what could be next? And that's fine. It wasn't even like what could be next. It's just how willing do you think he would be to continue to break this core up if they continue to fall flat? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we think we're going to see another error? He's like, no, let's give them a few years, which again, I think would be smart, but like, more maybe more how soon do you think he would strike again at shaking this corp if they can like let's say the celtics go out round two next year do you run it back do you know what i'm saying like because the past two seasons you've seen losing the finals malcolm brogdon let's get him in here which again you didn't give up much for it but fine next season after that you fall flat again boom let's get uh porzingis in here sorry marcus you know obviously upsetting but you're gone even the year before that didn't work kemba sorry gotta change something bring horford in like you've seen three straight years of pretty big core shifting additions or, or moves to change it. If they lose in the second round again, are you going to see it again? Cause it, it would follow the trend and I'm not, we don't even have to predict who it would be, but like, do you think Brad would be willing again next year if they fall flat? And I just, again, this is September talk, but we see somebody saying, Oh, maybe the, this team could target this player. Like it, it's something you have to think about that. I hadn't thought about before that I thought of when I read this, it depends how flat they fall. Yeah. Because last season, falling flat was losing in the conference finals. And yeah. to the point, it was falling flat. They should have won that series. They should have came out better in that series. They shouldn't have gotten the 3-0 hole. They dug their way out of it. Then they got unlucky and Tatum rolls his ankle and the game's not even close. <clears throat> Could that have gone differently? Maybe. But you should have never yeah. even been in that spot. Miami, yes. albeit they ran through everybody else in the playoffs, is not a team that should have gave the Celtics <laughs> fits like that. The Celtics just didn't play hard enough. They weren't smart. They weren't disciplined. They couldn't close games. Hopefully this move gives them that piece they need to be able to score in the half court. Yeah. We've talked about it at length before. I'm going to call back to the Barkley quote on the Bill Simmons podcast, where he's telling the anecdote of him trying to get to the Portland trailblazers and be like, trade for me. Your team's excellent in the regular season. They won the most games, blah, blah, blah. But the reason you're winning is because you're outrunning teams. And when that doesn't work, you have nothing. So when you're in the fourth quarter of a close game, you can't score in the half court. That's why they want Chuck, because he can play out of the low post. Well, Porzingis could be your low post presence. The game's different now. It's not 1992. But it's not something that's going to be invaluable. They're going to need him to do something for them at some point. Get the offense going. Tatum's not going to have it one night. They don't run him out of the post, even though they could. I was listening to um, J.J. Reddick's podcast. He had Chris Finch on the show. And he was like, what do you think the next big thing in basketball is going to be? And he, he was like, oh, yeah, the 90s was all, you know, back to the basket, tough play. And then you had Steph Curry and three-point revolution. And basically they said, like, it's probably skilled bigs. It's kind of like you saw the taller you were, the better you were. And then you saw, okay, guards are so quick and shooting so many threes. And now you see the big shooting threes. And he, he, basically, I think it was Chris Finch who said, like, taller players are better than shorter players because that's how it works. And so if the taller players are now shooting threes, they'll probably have an advantage. And I'm not saying Christoph Porzingis is going to be Jokic or Giannis for the Celtics, but look at the two of the last three champions, Giannis and Jokic. And Steph Curry was obviously in there as well um, because he is the, the past Draymond. era or trend Still big. <laughs> right there for you, Looney. But the Celtics bringing in an all-star caliber big man, I think could be a, a serious help. Um, so. I, I think that'll be – and speaking of that, the next thing I did want to talk about as well um, <clears throat> was another thing that I read something and had a conversation idea from it. Chris Mannix 
was talking about his thoughts on the Celtics offseason. He said he was lukewarm on it, but that wasn't the point I wanted to talk about. He said, Boston will be good. I'd probably slot them behind Milwaukee and neck and neck with Philly for the two seed in my preseason rankings. But this team is going to be more offensive oriented than last season. Um, and they will need to find a few things to break right for them to be really strong on that end. Now, I feel like, yes, obviously losing Marcus Smart is going to make the perimeter defense worse. He was He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. I think people are underestimating how much Porzingis can also help them on the defensive end. Give them so many. He's fucking seven, three. He's a great defender. Like people are like, he played well in offense, but he's been a great defender. Also, it's not like the Celtics are now without an elite perimeter defender. Derek white was a better defender than Marcus smart last season. And that's not a knock on Marcus smart. That's Derek white. He was, was slow really due to those good. ankle ailments. They were finally <laughs> catching up to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Derek White was amazing. He was great at the rim. He had the most blocks by a guard in the league. He was a great perimeter defender. He did get targeted a little bit more than Marcus Smart could because he's not as strong. But I have to imagine that's something he's probably working on this summer. So I, I just think the take of the Celtics are going, to, excuse me, going to be significantly worse on defense this season is a bit overrated because they have had good defensive teams with Marcus Smart as the only like super strong defensive point guard. And now it's not Marcus Smart anywhere, but they still have a super strong defensive point guard. So I still think they will be a very good defense. And I do think the offense will be different and I think it'll probably be a little better, but I don't, I don't think the defense is going to like fall off a cliff either. I sure hope they can play defense. That's all I was asking for <laughs> throughout the whole playoff run. It was giving me like heart palpitations watching them try and get a stop against the Atlanta Hawks in a playoff game. I mean, if you want to win a title, you have to be a good defense. You have to be one of the top defenses. It's what you can control in a game. I can't stress it enough. I can't say it enough times on the pod. When you're struggling to score the ball, almost similarly to what I just said, how Porzingis is important for that reason, you have to be able to get stops. That's one thing for the most part you can almost always control is how hard you play on the defensive end and how effective your team is as a whole defensively. If you're just hoping that your offense is going to get you to the promised land. It's just not going to happen. It, it very rarely happens. Just go and look up all the tweets about these offenses, all of a sudden being the top offense of all time. And it's like the 2021 Utah jazz. Like who cares yeah. about those guys? Those aren't <laughs> the great teams. They're good teams, but they're not championship level teams. So I will also, to, Oh, go ahead. sorry. No, no, no. You finish. You finish. To get back to the, will the Celtics defense be worse? I sure hope not. I think Porzingis adds a new element to it. I think it's going to make things easier on Al Horford, so hopefully he can remain fresh for the playoffs when they roll around. He was mm-hmm. extremely important last year in the Philly series. He gave Embiid fits towards the end of it, and he was the prime defender like we all had hoped he would be when he came back. Mm-hmm. The perimeter defense, Marcus is a big loss, absolutely. He was a defensive player of the year two years ago. Derek White was an all-defensive team guard last year. Like you mentioned, he was better than Marcus last season. I think that they still have good enough personnel to have that change be less visible. Derek White, Jalen Brown, if you get him to try. Tatum has already (laughs) voiced his goals of being an all-defensive level player. Yep. Then you have Porzingis, who's big, and Rob who his last healthy season, which big asterisk, is he going to be healthy, mm-hmm. made an all-defensive team. And then Eighth and deep Al voting. Horford, yes. Al mm-hmm. Horford, off the bench, good defender. Brogdon at times throughout his career has shown he can be a good defender. Yeah. Two. Like he, 
it, it's just a question it of helps. getting everybody like on the ship. Like, let's all go, people. And, like, it's like LeBron trying to get everyone to the Olympics. Like, just come on. Yeah, I will say to the point of the 2021 Utah Jazz. That point, I think that's less of they are like the best offensive team ever constructed, and more that teams are literally just playing more analytically sound basketball. And as much as you you laugh at that, it's not the point that that's correct. It's the point that they are literally playing to make that stat better because that is what is viewed as the ideal offense, right? Like they're literally playing, let's maximize this many threes versus this many twos and take this many threes. And I, I was listening to JJ Reddick talking. He's like, oh, when I got to Philly, they said, instead of stepping in after a closeout, just take a sidestep three. Like they're making these adjustments to literally pander to that stat not because they want to have the best stat but because they want to have the most efficient offense so i don't think necessarily defenses have gotten worse i just think players and teams have gotten smarter about the way they approach the offensive end and naturally players are just more talented like there is more room for players to improve on the offensive end than defensive end because as much as you can just say try harder players just add more yeah, play, but players just add more skills to their bag. They get they shoot deeper threes. They 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 work on their post moves. Like the best offensive player, yeah. Well, the best. My point moves. is, well, the bigs Embiid, Jokic. You know what I'm talking about. The the best Two people. <laughs> the best offensive players will always beat the best defensive players, in my opinion, just because that's just how skilled they are. Like Steph Curry will always be able to get a bucket on Drew Holiday. Look at Drew Holiday in the playoffs. He is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Undoubtedly, every single player in the NBA, you ask them, apologies for my dogs. You ask any player around the league, you say, hey, who is the best perimeter defender in the league? Drew Holiday. Oh, it's true. It's true. Jimmy Butler cooked him. For an entire series, just right at him, literally went directly at him. Well, it's because that's what all of us idiots are just like regurgitating. Like one guy says it's Drew, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's Drew." No, everyone. When it might not have been. You ask anybody, they're like at least like tens, tens of of twenties. All all these players are in league. Say it's true. My point is, best offense will usually beat the best defense. Maybe I won't say always, but like just that's just how skilled they are. That said. The other point I was going to make, getting back to the Celtics, that was just a tangent I had. I think as much as that's a like it was a problem last year, I think how poorly they were on defense in the playoffs tainted the view of the Celtics defense. Because like the Celtics were the second best defensive team in the league uh, in the regular season last year. Like they were a solid defense. It's just they didn't do it in the playoffs, which obviously is when it matters. So it was I would a problem. prefer that they were the second best <laughs> yeah. team in the playoffs if I had to pick. But- might be yeah. me. I know it's less games, but <laughs> kind of prefer that one. Yeah. I, I just think people aren't talking enough about how good of a defender Porzingis is and the fact that Derek White can't take over for Marcus Smart on that end a little bit. Yeah. I I mean, this is what I'll say about defense versus offense. I think you're right. If both sides are firing at all cylinders, yes. But I also feel like if you have the window for how an offense can perform and how a defense can perform – the room for variation is much, much smaller on the defensive end. You're more in control of that, and that's why I get more I excited about that stuff. I understand. I also think this is kind of a backwards way to say it, and I don't know the best way to phrase it, so I'm just going to say it. As much as you say you can control the variation more in defense, the variation on offense makes it harder to control that variation on defense because if the offensive team is like at their best that one night because that's the variance they're at, then it's going to be harder to control it on defense because even if you're at your best and like it's, I don't know, it's tough. And also I will say, I feel like more players coming up recently 
have practiced their offense more because that's what gets them paid. Like you see the best offensive players get paid a lot more than the best defense. Like look at <clears throat> Trey Young versus Marcus Smart, right? Who gets paid more, <laughs> right? And, and it's not an exact science, but like <clears throat> Trey Young grew up shooting threes and carrying the offensive load. And now he's a star in the NBA. We well, also Marcus Smart to. grew up. <clears throat> no, he's yeah, scrawny. I'm, I'm, he's this, like this six is, one in, in thin. It's not a knock on Trey Young. I'm not trying to like discount him. I'm just saying, I feel like, it's it's sorry, I just got a Shams bomb. Tristan yeah, Thompson Tristan signing with the Cavs. So bad. Former, <laughs> Former Celtic. Celtic, ring the bells. Um, I just think people, this generation of kids that's entering the NBA now, focus so much on offense that defense is is lessening. That said, I do think you're seeing some higher level defenders pop up around the league now. So I think you could start to see it sort of trend a little bit back with offense coming down, like. Herb Jones, Evan Mobley, like you're starting to see some Walker Kessler. You're starting to see some really good young defenders come up the pipeline, Jaron Jackson, Bam and a bio. <clears throat> so I think you could start to see it trend that way. But I just think offenses are so efficient now that it's tough, tougher, I should say for those defensive players. But <clears throat> anyways, I, I think the Celtics defense will be fine. That was the main point of that. And it kind of spiraled into a different conversation. But the next thing we have, uh, I believe is our email check-in RJ. Sorry, we didn't get you last time. Um, but we are here with a few emails. Uh, so we're going to go over uh, all the players that are going to learn history today. Um, there are five of them. We won't spend a ton of time on each, but we'll read through. We'll check the players and this will give us our content for the day. So we, we appreciate you, RJ, for helping fill the podcast as always legend. <laughs> Let's start with the turn of the century again. 99. That's my birth year. This is right around Sam and I were born. 2005. We are going to be here. <laughs> uh, 1999 to 2000. Spotlight on dot, 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 that guy. He's a starting center. Celtics have a history of great centers in their team history. Russell Cowan. Cowan? Is it Cowans or Cowans? Cowans. I feel like an idiot every time. Cowans. Thank you. Garnett. Then there are the other guys. Mark Blunt, Kelly Olenek, Pope. Potapenko, uh, Hank Finkel, and today's player who I think might be the weakest link in the chain of centers, Tony Batie. Batie was selected fifth in his draft class, the second center selected. Sounds pretty good until you realize the year was 97, the year of Tim Duncan. Batie spent his rookie season with the Nuggets where he had his best offensive season career, finishing with 8.4 points a game. Trying to write about his games like describing the flavor of tap water. There's just nothing that stands out. <laughs> <You> <laughs> love it. I love it. He didn't excel at blocking shots. His rebounding was mediocre for a 6'11 center. He mostly showed up and doesn't cause a fuss? Question mark. In his Celtics tenure, he split time with Potapenko and then Mark Blount. Uh, he was... It wasn't like the Horford Williams tandem today. You just got 48 minutes of mediocre center for all my nonchalance about Petit. He had a 14 year NBA career proving one that he was a professional and two, the league back then never gave up on height. His rookie season in Denver. He spent six years in Boston, four with Orlando, one with each of Cleveland and Jersey, then finished with two years in Philly. Why Petit? It was a good example as any of Rick Petino's GM style of rapid fire trades that felt less like flipping assets or trying to find players that fit a system and more like opening a box of chocolates, taking a bite uh, of the first six until number seven turns out to be the one you want. <laughs> there is no pattern apart from I coach slash played against him at UK. Similar players, Benoit Benjamin, Greg Ostertag and Irvin Johnson. Note the lack of an A trade trivia. What team was Petit on between Denver and Boston uh, for whom he never played a game? I don't know if you're reading it, Sam, I would have you guess, but I think you saw it already. Oh, I can see it now. I, I, <laughs> I would not have looked, to be honest. That's fine. Uh, it is the Lakers. Denver traded him in Tyron Lue for Nick Van Exel off the 98 season. Sent him back to the Celtics for Travis Knight. Anyways, keep up the great work. By the way, what are your day jobs? Do you have day jobs? Don't find me. Just curious. That is a good question. Sam, you you have a day, I have job. A day job. I 
I just write. I'm, for a I'm bunch not going to talk though. about it though. <clears throat> That's fine. Sam has a day job. I write for a bunch of different sites. I write for eight points, nine seconds, fan sided bulls wire and spurs wire and Celtics blog. So I am just writing. All day. That's all I take. By the way. <laughs> yes. He was yes, there when I... Paul Pierce got stabbed, saved his life or his brother did one of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you knew Tony Petit. I take it. I was aware. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the next email. Can I just skip here? Nope. Backwards. Other way. Here we go. There we go. 2000-2001, on some fun. He wore number nine. He was a 6'3 guard and graduated from a state school in Colorado. He made a place for himself on an amazing butter be- buzzer beater. Yep, it's none other than Miracle Milt Palacio. Wow, that similarities are kind of crazy. Yeah, it is <laughs> that crazy. That is wild. Um, first season of the new millennium millennium was marked by injuries to the guard rotation. Kenny Anderson suffered a broken jaw. Chris Heron was out with a shoulder injury. Backup Randy Brown had a groin strain. And the Celtics tried Doug Overton and Rick Brunson, but let them go before signing Milt Joe on Brunson. December 6, 2000. Yes, sir. 22 days later, he carved out his spot on the Celtics in Celtics lower New Jersey, leading 111-109 with 1.8 seconds remaining. All Lucius Harris had to do was inbound the ball cleanly to give the Nets the victory. Instead, Harris throws it behind and off the fingertips of Aaron Williams near midcourt. Milt sees the Aaron pass from the start and releases from his over and releases from his over Stefan Marbury to intercept the ball. He takes one dribble towards the bucket, launches launches an off-bounds 28-footer with 0.7 seconds remaining, and the ball goes in as he literally falls to the court while time expires. Celtics win 112-111. He's mobbed on the floor by his teammates. Of course, since they were still the days of the King Rat, Milt was released eight days later <laughs> on January 5th, 2001, but he was signed through the rest of the season shortly thereafter on January 10th. I think it was a procedural matter. He got dubbed Miracle Milt, and this name stuck much better than Batman. Palacio played, I think I'm saying that right. Palacio played seven years in the NBA with six teams, averaged five points per game, 2.1 assists for Boston in, in his 99 games in green, along with a career best 34% from three. <clears throat> Milt was the epitome of an energy guy, providing a spark off the bench in his quick hands. He even started six games for Boston. Why Milt? Because he gives a faithful array of sunshine during the days of doom and gloom of Patino. Patino stepped down as coach January 8th, and then in March made his famous walking through the door rant as he felt the pressure of Boston basketball expectations bearing down on him and was running out of reasons it wasn't his fault. Milt Palacio, on the other hand, came in to help out, did so, and the Celtics faithful did what they always do, gave lore for the guys who played hard. Similar players, Anthony Carter, Hammy Deliallo, Aaron Holiday, trade trivia, Milt even helped on his way out the door, as he was part of the package that brought Rodney Rogers and Tony Delft, which helped the Celtics get to the ECF in 2002. What rookie did Celtics give up in the trade who went on to become an NBA star? Answer. It's going to be Joe Johnson. <clears throat> Joe Johnson it is. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Milt Palacio. I don't know. Regardless. Uh, the the, the uh, Hit the buzzer beater. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know him? I didn't know him either. But uh, the uh, hit the buzzer beater released eight days later was... Uh, that was a killer. That's a, classic. That helped me. I enjoyed that. All right. Next one. We're speed running these today, but I appreciate the lore. Let me read this. These one. are fun. Hit me. Run it. You got it, it on the screen? There I do. Go. Do it. Do it. 2001, 2002 spotlight on some love for Walter. He was probably the best import the Celtics brought in from Kentucky. What about Antoine Walker? He was certainly the most cheered by fans and Tommy Heinsohn. Yep. Today, it's time to look at Walter McCarty. Walter Lee McCarty was drafted 19th by the Knicks in 1996. The uh, UK player selected after Antoine Walker and Tony Delk and traded the Celtics during training camp the next year. Walter was a generation ahead of his time for the NBA. I think a 6'10 and 230-pound forward. He was there long before people really talked about length. 
He had good jumping ability, was mobile on defense, and had developed a solid three-point artist shooting 35% from international waters during his first eight <laughs> years in Boston. But for all that, he only averaged 19 minutes a game and never got into the double digits for scoring. His best season, clocking it at 9.8 points per game. Very close. But watch the game clip against Denver here, embedded. And you can see he would have been perfect in today's outside-in NBA. It's probably true. He probably would have been a great fit on this Celtics team. Just throw up a million threes. Why, Walter? He was enthusiastic. He was skilled. He hustled. And he transmitted joy. He was always a team-first player, which gave him the best one-man fan club you could have in Boston. Tommy Heinsohn. Also, this was the first year under coach Jim O'Brien who favored the three-point shot, which got the Celtics back in the playoffs for the first time in seven years. Players that are similar, George Johnson, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Draft trivia. You ready? Not only did all three of the Kentucky first-rounders drafted in 1996 play on the 01-02 Celtics, 10 of the first-round picks that year wound up wearing Celtics green at some point in their careers. Wow. Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, the other guy, Jermaine O'Neal, Dante Jones, Roy Rogers, and Travis Knight were the other seven. So thank That's a crazy coincidence. Yes. Thank you, RJ. Walter, Tommy, on to favorite. <clears throat> All right. I think we have two more, right? Two more. Should we save some? Let's three let's more. some. Three more. Okay. We got three more. Let's do one more. Save two. Okay. That way we'll have three for next time. Okay. Right? Okay. I Deal. think that makes sense. All right. Last one um, we're going to go over today. 2002, 2003. Do you want to read this again or do you want yeah. me to? Go again. All right. Hit it. 2002, 2003. Good start for me reading it. Focus <laughs> on a two-time Dark Ages Celtic. As an Exhibit 10 signee, Taylor Funk can attest, it's always nice to be wanted unless it's as a trade piece. Today's player was the first person out the door when Patino took over, and then he came back two years later because why not? Today. Look back at Eric C. Williams. Williams was the 14th pick in the 95 draft coming out of Providence. How about that? Listed at 6'8 and 220, he was considered a shooting guard and small forward. He could score by getting to the rim and drawing contact. On defense, he was often the opposition's best wing scorer. He was often on the opposition's best wing scorer. For a rebuilding Celtics team, he was an excellent building block. So, of course, Patino sent him to Denver as <laughs> part of a trade for a pair of draft choices he never clicked for the nuggets suffering a knee injury and coming back to boston in 99 as a spare part in the ron mercer ejection however on his return he built himself a solid four-year tenure adding the three to his d if you like the attitude and play of folks like james posey or grant williams you would have enjoyed eric why eric williams 2002-2003 was his best season in boston he built himself back up into being able to play all 82 games. 79 was starting and posted a tidy stat line of 9.7 points in 4.7 rebounds and is just under two assists per game, which made him the fourth leading scorer in rebounding on the squad. Williams' skills were appreciated by Coach Jim O'Brien, who put him in positions to succeed and benefit the team. Williams went on to enjoy a 14-year NBA career. Similar players, Jermichael Green, Gary Trent, Sr., Trade trivia. Danny Ainge found him tradable too. What team did Danny send him to in the early 0304 season? Answer Cavs. Don't know who for. There you go. Well, weirdly enough, from what I'm seeing here, 
drafted by the Celtics, traded to the Nuggets, then traded back. So he was traded two trades with the Nuggets uh, and those two picks because I was curious. He said he was traded for two picks. Uh, Nuggets traded two seconds, Chris Clack and Earl Watson for Mr. Eric Williams. I was curious, but thank you as always to RJ for hitting us up with the history lesson. Uh, Again, we'll bank the next two. We do have two more and I'm sure we'll have maybe even two more. So we'll have three or four again for you next episode. We're catching up for the weekend because we fell behind and now we got to catch up. (laughs) We got to keep them going. Uh, So we will catch up next next episode. Uh, Yeah, we can bank the next part and we can move on to the NBA section of the programming. Uh, The first of which we have is the NBA is enforcing new load management rules. Uh, Shams tweeted about this this morning, I believe. Uh, and I know you have listed some players who fall under this. So do you want to explain it and let us know like how it works and stuff? Yes. So this morning, if you have notifications on from the big guns, you would have got a couple. Because the NBA Board of Governors is expected to vote this week on a new policy. It will say that the team is unable to rest two star players in the same game. And also there's a penalty for resting stars in national TV games as well. So it's a little bit flexible. But under the new rules, teams would be fined $100,000 for the first violation, $250,000 for a second violation, and $1 million more than the previous penalty for each additional violation. So could get hefty pretty fast. Under current discussions among team and league personnel, a star is defined as someone who's made an all-star team or all-NBA team in the past three seasons. So I have the full list of players from each team. I will quickly go through it if it lets me. Come on. You oh, got man. it. Why is this tab not wrote? All right. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> I, I had the tab open, but it was like, oh, I need like two seconds to just reopen the tab for you. Yeah, of course. So as follows for the Hawks, DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, Celtics. The only two are Jalen and Jason. Brooklyn Nets. You care to guess who it is? Ben, no. ben Simmons. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Charlotte, LaMelo, Chicago, DeMar, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic, Cleveland, yep. Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Dallas, Luka, and Kyrie, Denver, just Jokic, mm. Pistons, nobody, Golden State, Steph Curry, Draymond, Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins. Long list. Very yeah. long list. Four people. That's going to get dicey for them because – Three of those guys are old. Yeah. That, that's going to be an interesting hoop they have to jump through as they try and compete this year. Celtics draft pick. Agree. Houston, just Fred Van Vliet. Indiana, Halliburton. Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi. Lakers, AD, LeBron. Memphis, Jaron Jackson and Ja. Miami, Bam and Jimmy. Milwaukee, Giannis. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. All three. Oh, well, the back two are old. Minnesota. Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns. That's a lot of guys from Minnesota. <laughs> New Orleans, just Zion. Good luck, but it's not really going to affect them. New York, just Julius Randle. OKC, Shea. Orlando, nobody. Sixers, Embiid and Harden. Suns, Beal, Booker, Durant. Trailblazers for now, Dame. And that's it. So if they move Dame, Dame they're not going to have anybody. Mm-hmm. Sacramento, Fox, and Sabonis. Spurs, nobody. Raptors, just Siakam, Jazz, just Markinen, and Wizards, nobody. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like the Warriors are probably the most screwed by that because they've they've rested people a lot Agreed. in recent years. Not only have they um, rested people, but again, those guys are all old. 
Wiggins they is the, rest. the youngest, and he's what 29, 30 now. Like he's mm-hmm. not super. Was young. Clay on the list? Clay's Clay not on the list. list. <clears throat> okay, so just three, just Wiggins, yeah. Steph, Draymond. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, it, my thing is, how are they going to enforce it? Like, if you say somebody has, like, I saw somebody tweet that's like somebody has a migraine, somebody has like a like a, a, a cramp, like cramp isn't the right word, but like, oh, they're dealing with the leg thing right now. Like, how how are you going to police that? How are you going to determine that they are lying and and just resting, right? Like, that's going to be really hard to has any more <clears throat> to this. go against because like. If the Warriors say Steph's not playing and said, yeah, he has a migraine or, yeah, he's dealing with the family thing, what does the NBA get? It? Like, say they say it's a family thing. Is the NBA going to go, like, check up on Steph Curry, say, hey, Steph, what are you doing? Like, like that just seems like something you can't really enforce. Now, is it just, like, the honesty policy where it's, like, handshake, don't lie? But if I'm the Warriors, I'm like, yeah. And even so, what would you say? It's 100K fine? 100K, then 250K, and then each time after that, so it'll go to be... 1,250 or 1,250, 2,250,000. Oh, they add a million after it, each it's one. It's a stack, yeah. Okay. So if they if they screw okay. around with that, they're going to get in trouble. But At if you want a little time, bit though. more on this. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. The league's current rules prohibit teams from resting healthy players for, quote-unquote, any high-profile nationally televised game and say teams should not rest multiple healthy players for the same game. The new policy states that teams must ensure star players are available for national television and in-season tournament games. They must also maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in road and home games with a preference for such absences to occur at home. Fuck the home fans. The policy also says that teams must refrain from long-term shutdowns of healthy star players. So, this is what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to get fined, players... This is two players at a time cannot just sit out one game at a time. So if you're going to do this, this to prove, to prove it two games, two games in a row, the person has to miss. That's, that's my take. Okay. Yeah, maybe. The other thing is, I don't know if this is just because of how it played out. Like funny coincidence. The two teams that are probably going to be the most affected by this are the Clippers and the Warriors because they have done it the most. Those are also the two teams that have been so willing to say, yeah, let's just fucking pay everything. <laughs> so it's if true. they're going to do it, they, like, is Steve Ballmer going to cry at, like, losing a mill? Dude's a billionaire. Like, Steve what Ballmer. Like, whatever. The you goat. know what I'm saying? Little Steve Ballmer nugget for you if my tab will load. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. We got a Steve really Ballmer. asking a lot from this freaking <laughs> computer today. All We're right. getting teased. Yeah. <clears throat> Where the hell is it? Oh, crazy stuff about the Clippers' new arena from Steve Ballmer. This is from our buddy Josh Paredes of uh, Fansided. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have wider rows, we have wider seats, and deeper leg room than anybody in the NBA. How do we make <laughs> that an experience? We've got some tricks coming. We'll have power to every seat so you can charge your phone during the game if you need to. We'll know whether you're standing up, sitting down, cheering. I bet that's terrible. How many decimals you're putting out. We'll put chips in the seats that understand some of this stuff. The thing I want to do is put a controller, some haptic feedback. It's like an exciting type of game or Disneyland ride. The problem is one of our guys used to work at Disney and says what will happen. People will be holding their beer and the beer would be pouring. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Steve Ballmer, this new Clippers arena, it's going to be fucking baller. That's going to be fire. I, I, it makes me want to go. It makes me want to go check out the Clippers arena. Except for the part they're like kind of tracking you as a fan. Now, what would, yeah, what, weird. I'll tell you what. The intriguing part about this, the tracking, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What if, and he's a sicko that might do this. What if he invites the best fans to playoff games for a discount? Oh, that would be that'd be electric. What you know? You know what I would be very do? pro that. I don't think you would be able to do that for the whole arena, but you just you reserve one section of the loge and you put you you say, hey, you want to come to this game? You put them right in the loge for like discounted seats. You get them all hyped up for those playoff games. That would be. Smart. I think you that's actually a good idea. A partial it's like second. in soccer, even like the home stadiums. They all have like a section where like the most like hardcore fans sit. Mm-hmm. So if you get and, that at whatever arena this is going to be called, be kind of cool. And the best part about it, just say you're doing it at the start of the season. Say, hey, by the end of the year, we're going to offer like 25 percent discount, 50, whatever you want to do. And we'll get you in those playoff games. If you're one of the best fans, we'll put you in the loads. We're tracking. You. And then every regular season game will be hyped because everyone's going to want to be that hype guy at the playoffs. Steve, Ballmer, <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Playing chess. Baller. The Baller goat. Steve Bomber. You love to see it. And he's pumped. Love it. Good for Steve Bomber. All right. Next thing we do have here. What is the next NBA news we have? Uh, oh, Kevin Porter Jr. This is the opposite of the good. Kevin Porter Jr. was arrested in New York, was it? I, I think it was where he was. New arrested. York, yes. Um, arrested ABC in New York seven reported uh, for a... I think I don't know the best way to phrase this or, or like the proper way to phrase this. Um, it was a domestic a, a domestic abuse. Sorry, girlfriend. I couldn't think of allegedly hit of his girlfriend. Uh, Kaiser Gondrasek, uh, who is a WNBA player, um, was taken to the hospital with one broken bone and bruising per NBC New York. Uh, quote, a preliminary investigation on scene determined that a known individual struck her multiple times upon her body and placed his hands around her neck. Uh, Chris Mannix wrote about it, said the solution, cut him goodbye like he's just got to go like it's i said this when miles bridges did the same fucking thing last year mm. shouldn't be allowed in the league like I, like why is this a thing that the nba is just like oh it's fine 30 games like that it's that's inexcusable to me like there's just there's no place for it cut him you can't be in the league well, this Sorry. isn't the first kevin porter jr thing either like there was a thing where he that's was also involved true. with guns and mm-hmm. i wrote up a piece about houston's young core for fanside earlier this summer and it was mm-hmm. like X amount of players they should keep, X that they should move on from. And he was a move on guy. One, because of stuff like this. But two, there's really just no place for him on the Rockets. Maybe not in the league. Like, you might get your wish here where the NBA is deep enough with guards. We talk about it with Pritchard all the time where who wants to put up with this? Nobody. He's got to go. It's it's even Miles Bridges. Like, I don't think Miles Bridges should be in the league anymore. He didn't even plead like guilty or not guilty. He pleaded no contest. He basically said, yeah, I did it, but I'll plead no contest so we can get this over. Like, there, there's no place for it in the league. Kevin Porter Jr. needs to go. Same thing for Miles Bridges. Need to go. Especially when there's just blatant proof. Like, the Miles Bridges' uh, girlfriend posted photos of it at the time. Kevin Porter Jr., there's a full report on it. He was arrested. And she went to the hospital. Like, there, there is no place for it. There is no reason for either of them in, to be in the league. And Kevin Porter Jr. needs to be released. There's nothing else, at least for me, to, to say about it. It's just they got to go. There's no nope. place for it. I can't really throw off get any one-liners about this one. Yeah, get him out. He's got to go. Um, circling back to the FIBA World Cup, it has ended, however – Daniel Tice, we talked about him last time, taking down Team USA in the semis. Daniel Tice is a FIBA World Cup champion. Germany beat Serbia in the World Cup. Him and Schroeder came together. They got it done. Good for them. Uh, That's all they really say. He didn't play particularly well in the final, but he had a great run for Germany throughout the World Cup. Um, Cool. Very cool for Germany. Uh, And I know Maxi Kleber, as you were mentioning before the show, is probably a little bit of steady. Yeah. Yeah. So... The other World Cup thing, best thing ever, is Dylan yeah. Brooks. 
<laughs> Dylan Brooks is becoming one of my favorite characters in the NBA because he he went after LeBron, which is always a good thing. He failed, which is an even sure. better thing. He refused to talk about it after he failed in a fantastic like villain move where he's just like, absolutely not. Like I won't own up to this. <laughs> then he's seen in the tunnel after getting ejected against Slovenia with boxing gloves. And after all this clown shit. Also, this is like the biggest circus ever because it's the third place game. So it really means nothing. But he hung 39 points on Team USA's head after the whole country told him to get ready to learn how to learn speak Chinese. <laughs> yeah. So kind of rules that Dylan Brooks cooked Team USA under those circumstances. Again, this is just another instance of me wanting Team USA to lose because they just don't take this shit seriously. And then when they do take it seriously, I get upset. So there's really no winning for them. Yeah. Good for Dylan Brooks. W. <laughs> Agree. Agree. Um, yeah. World Cup has ended. That is over. That's That concludes your, your World Cup updates from us. Uh, the next thing is Cameron Payne was waived by the San Antonio Spurs. Not big news, but it is a transaction around the league. And Sam, you put here, who cares? Uh, who's going to pick him up? Answer probably nobody unless yeah. it's the only team that I could see picking you up is like a uh, a Lakers or or, or a G League <clears throat> maybe the G League genuinely but a, a team that doesn't need him to play actual minutes but needs like a third or fourth string guard who can play if somebody gets hurt like that's probably the best place he's a pretty good locker room guy from what we've seen like on the Suns team he's good he had the bond with Russell Westbrook and OKC you saw like he seems like a good guy to have on the team behind the scenes so maybe somebody picks him up for a locker room presence but like. Definitely not the Celtics for the people listening, but he's he's a guy that could pop loose and, and be a veteran on another team. And the Spurs still have more work to do. They still have other players they need to release. Probably going to be some of those veterans, Chetty Osman, Reggie Bullock, Kem Birch, uh, who goes next. But campaign is a free agent. Uh, last NBA thing, Sam, Reddit post of the day. We skipped last time, so now we yes. got you back here again today. What do we got? Reddit post of the day to the NBA community. Players that could have been much better had another team been the one to draft them. The poster okay. cites Otto Porter as his pick or her pick, Ooh. saying, Ooh, deep cut. my choice is Otto Porter Jr. Genuinely believe he could have been a star if Washington didn't draft him. Mm. Wow. I wasn't thinking that... Um... That deep. I was thinking more stars, I guess. Like KG was the first one because we talked about it recently. It's like, oh, if he didn't go to the Timberwolves, <clears throat> maybe he could have been better. Um, <clears throat> Kevin Love? I mean, since we're sticking with Timberwolves, like he got to the Cavs eventually, but he rotted Minnesota for so long. <clears throat> like even Cat, like Cat's figured out now he's got Anthony Edwards, but like Minnesota's just been pretty bad <laughs> at developing talent. Um, it's tough because you have to balance like the, the their talent and also the the place they were put in, and also like the injuries. Like Aaron Gordon found a place in Denver, he rotted in in orlando like he didn't do shit because they just didn't know how to use him properly <clears throat> so that's something i'm literally just looking at drafts and like going through like some top james picks. wiseman yep james wiseman a good one agree he's asked to fit into a already well-oiled machine and he couldn't do it yep yep agree um probably i mean some of those could... lakers picks like when when it was yeah. julius randall or um d'angelo russell i guess brandon ingram turned out okay but like Took him a while to really hit his stride as a pro. Yeah. Someone agreed. in the comments said Victor Oladipo. Magic did a disservice running him yep. at point guard. And he was yeah. an all-star in Indiana, so that kind of tracks. Yeah. Every 76ers lottery pick. This <laughs> true. Marco Fultz, definitely. Um, I don't know. Looking back at some... 
it's tough. It, it's it's tough to look back like super deep because all these players are like eventually figured it out. <clears throat> found a place. Tobias Harris was in Orlando. Another like I think the key to here is just looking. He was drafted by Milwaukee. <clears throat> it says here he was drafted by Charlotte, but I think he was traded. So maybe he did start in Milwaukee. He did start in Milwaukee, right? But he was traded halfway through his second season. Um, <clears throat> it's tough because, like I said, you like at one point these players just turn into oh they were just bad and like weren't good players. But you wonder about the, the fit. Like Evan Turner, guy you like, Philly didn't work out. Good player though. Right, like he was, he was second pick in the draft. This is a great reply. If Vince was taken by the Lakers instead of a rap, uh, instead of the Raptors, this is a Raptors fan, by the way. And he yeah. got to play beside Prime Shaq. His image changes dramatically. The early Raptors mm-hmm. were simply inept. Vince was bigger than the entire franchise. He needed a veteran team and a culture that he couldn't outgrow. If he got drafted by the 2014 to 16 Raptors, that's a different story. But getting drafted to an expansion team with that amount of talent hindered his career. First reply yeah. to him. Okay, but how the Lakers picked 26 would have drafted Vince Carter, who got picked fifth. <laughs> That's true. That is also true. Um, another one, DeMarcus Cousins. What if he wasn't on the Kings? The King, like Mello? He, he played well in the Kings, Mello even. Maybe. What if Mello got drafted by the Pistons? He would have at least a couple rings. This is true. True. Very true. Um, I mean, it's for you could do the opposite, too. What if the Timberwolves didn't pass on Steph Curry twice? Steph, mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if he ended up in Minnesota instead of Golden State? <clears throat> there are multiple ways to think about it. And it's interesting. Anyone drafted by the Kings past 2004. <clears throat> yep. Also true. <laughs> very true. Um, Michael Beasley. What a name. I'm just well, going Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley had a good rookie season. His time in Miami was weird. It was. That's what I'm saying. That's the point. It was weird. Man, perhaps. I'm just I'm just going through like I'm just going through past drafts and looking at some of the top picks and like pondering what could have been Jeff Green. He figured it out eventually. He bounced around, but like that's the other thing. What if like some of these rookies had stable landing spots? Like you think of these top picks who got traded halfway through their X amount of season that like fizzled out. Like what if they had a stable landing spot where they were fully like supported and said, okay, let's, let's not build around you necessarily, but you, you balance the, like, look at Jason Tatum. He was put in the perfect spot to grow because of the injuries that happened that let him be the leader on that team. A lot of these, like Jalen Brown didn't figure it out until a couple of years in because he was stuffed behind the depth chart because he was a top pick on an already good team. You look at some of these players who were either traded to good teams or, or, or you know, part of trades to get stars or they ended up in a different spot. Like you wonder how well they could have done in the landing spot. Either would they have done better on a good team where they could have been a third star and then grown, or would they have been best off going to a place where they could have been the one A? Like Andrew Wiggins is an example. He figured it out in Minnesota and has played a good role for the Warriors. But what if he was on the Cavs next to LeBron instead of Kevin Love? Maybe they wouldn't have won the championship. But do you think his career would have been better off? He would have been more used to being a role player. Like there, there's a lot of things. I, I just think people don't talk about landing spot enough when it comes to, to career arc. Which is why I like the question. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a great question. That's why I put it on here. I don't know about the role player thing because Andrew Wiggins has been his best as a role player with Golden yeah. State. But I think going into when he was drafted, he was so hyped that it wasn't going to be a role player situation for him no matter where he ended up. You don't think it would have been a role player on that Cavs team? I don't think that would have been the vision. I, I think he would have had a smaller role. Supporting, but I don't know how well it would have worked. 
I don't mean role player. I mean like not the first option, like a third option. He would have been probably the third option on that team is my point. I mean, that's fine. That's essentially yeah, yeah. what happened to Tatum, and then he grew into it when he was exactly. kind of thrown in the deep end. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think he would have been better off there versus in Minnesota thrown into the fire? Uh, I think when you play for an organization like Minnesota, you have an opportunity to kind of play consequence-free yeah. where okay. there's not as much pressure on you, so you have more time to develop. That makes know. sense. It's a good no, question. That makes sense. I had another one. Oh, JJ Redick. And only because I listened to him talk about it. He said, I only was taught to shoot a ton of threes when Stan Van Gundy left Orlando. Like he was like, oh, once I got to LA and 76ers, they really emphasized like threes, threes, threes. And although it was just more of the time he started playing, there were still some coaches back then who said, okay, let's start shooting the threes. What if JJ Redick was playing for a coach that emphasized the three ball more? He was talking to Chris Finch. It's the same episode. He was like, I would probably be like maybe top 10 instead of 17th and three pointers all time. Like, and, and, and it's minute there, but like if JJ Reddick started shooting the volume threes sooner, would he have been closer to the, I'm not saying he would have been Steph Curry, but like, would he have been closer to that than a Seth Curry? Do you know what I'm saying? Like on the spectrum, like mm. <clears throat> that, that sort of thing. I don't know. Interesting question. Good question. I enjoy. All right. Should we do the rat list, Sam? Get into it. Sure. Should. You want to start? What do you got? I go first. <laughs> yeah, you go first. All right, Ratless. I'm gonna do it again. I'm just gonna double back. The, the fucking assholes next door. <laughs> these these people lighting off fireworks in trash cans next to my house. Uh, my dogs have calmed down since they are fine now, so <clears throat> that's good. But they, it was just so loud, so obnoxious. It was right before I was starting to record. I was mad about it, and so uh, Ratless people who light off fireworks in general, especially on Monday. At three in the afternoon, there's no reason for it. Uh, that's my first rattles. You want me to go again, or you got something? I got something, kind of. So, I I was on the way to meet my girlfriend yesterday, but I wanted to eat. So, sure. She called in a to go order at a restaurant we go to frequently. Now, for whatever reason, when I arrive at the place and I give her name. Yeah, the person at the desk is very confused. Then reads back the in- most incorrect order it could be because it contains peanuts and she's <laughs> allergic to peanuts. Sure. So I'm like, well, she definitely didn't order that. <laughs> and then I just say what I ordered, and they had it right away. But the name on the bag was so completely different than what my girlfriend's name is. And then she was like, "Yeah, I even spelled it for them." So either I completely just robbed somebody's order or they just completely just fell on the keyboard when it came to putting my girlfriend's <laughs> name in the computer because it was what not was that. The, it wasn't was even the, the right pad? letter. Oh, did they try to spell her name and they spelled it like super wrong or was it just uh, no. no, no, no. Not even the first sound was the same. Interesting. Yeah, that's whack. It, it was a remarkable mix up in name spelling. That's incredible. I feel like what what sort of what restaurant was it? What did you get? It was a Thai place, but mm, love Thai food. Good, yeah, <clears throat> very good. Uh, Ratless two K. Mm. Uh, I got two K twenty four. I'm more excited to play the game this year than I have been in your past. Not because like I'm gonna yeah, well, you're a f- moron. No life it, I, but I have a buddy who's gonna play. It's whatever, right? <clears throat> I get the game. I download it. I got whatever version. I, I'm on Xbox Series S, right? But when you buy the game, it comes with a version for Xbox One and Xbox S. So I need you. This is Rat Court. I need. You, oh, we didn't even change it. Sorry. Let me put Matt around oh. on the screen. <clears throat> I need you to tell me if I'm the idiot or if 2K is whack, <clears throat> right? 
So I buy the game and then it doesn't automatically install for me, which first of all, annoying. <clears throat> I go in, I, I go to the thing. I say, okay, install you. Oh, it says you own this. Do you want to install? I'm like, yes, I'll install whatever. Install the game. Go to play it the next night. It installed the Xbox one version of oh. the game when I clicked on it. So partially hand up my bad. Cause like I didn't look, but why would you give me the fucking option to download? Why would I want that? Why, why would I want the Xbox one version? I understand you give it to me and my brother has an Xbox one. So maybe it's like, Oh, you can play with other people. Why you wouldn't inform me that I'm downloading the wrong one. You know what console I'm on. Why, why would you like, why would that be the one that installs? And so I had to, I had to like re-download the whole thing just to play it last night. Luckily, I just plugged my Ethernet cable in. It took my download speed from like forty megabytes per second to six hundred. So download pretty quick. Six hundred. Yeah, it was a heater. I plugged the Ethernet in. It went fucking bang. Mine's like plugged. ninety on a good day. Yep. It it was crazy. It downloaded entirety of two K, hundred sixty gigabytes in an hour and a half. It was electric. Um, but. Am I the rat there? Am I the idiot? Like, why why would we download the Xbox One version to my Xbox? That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I don't really know the point of them bundling both games together. That's what I'm saying. You should just kind of get both games if if you buy it. Yes, you do. But why would you install the wrong one? If I hit, well, no, I bought one, and I think there was only one. The the Xbox, the new one, the new game. Oh, I think that's the only one I I got. Maybe I. You might have bought a special edition because it comes with League Pass too. So you might have got that one. Maybe I did get that one, but still, like. Why? Why? Well, why, would I, why would I want that? As we talked yeah. about this before the show, I can't even play 2K. Like no. I could play 2K, but, you but I can't money. play 2K. I don't have money. time to play 2K. If you yep. want to play 2K and you want to play a mode that's not play now online, then you need to put a bunch of time in, and you need to spend money. Yep. And you cannot hey, compete. You cannot enjoy the game. Apparently, this year with the career mode. You lose badges based on how you play. Not if you play bad, but I saw people on Reddit complaining about it today. So, for example, if you're a wing, right, it'll be very difficult for you to have the clamps badge, which makes it so your player is a better defender, guys don't slide off of you, and you stay in front of your man better. Because you're not guarding the ball as much. You're guarding off ball because if you play park, you play rec, if you're not defending oh. the ball, the guy's probably standing in the corner and just sitting there waiting to catch and shoot. So you're not having to defend a drive. So you're yeah. going to lose that badge. I don't Dude. understand. I haven't opened it. I'm not going to open my career. I don't want to play it. I don't have time for it. I don't want to play the story. I'm playing my career in a in a my league, and I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. doing it that way because it's more fun. I'm looking forward to playing my career for two reasons and neither of which is the sweaty version i do enjoy playing rec center i just like the competition aspect because i'm like a competitive person and so i'll go in and i'll fuck around like i'll just go in by myself and play it's fine but my friend liam has the game and he's never really like played park and stuff like he's never done it so we're just gonna run twos and stuff and have fun and i'm not worried about like rep or whatever it is like i'll just play for fun but i remember when was it it was i was still in college so it was like because i played it in my dorm it was like 2019 maybe like 2k 20 probably at that point and i just played like a full season of my career like i led when you played 2k my career do you put yourself on the celtics or do you put yourself on a team like a random team so when i when i played the actual career yeah like my career my career i'll usually just pick a team that my position fits so that, see sense. that's what i did so th- that's the joy i get of it like i put myself this year i i like playing center 
So I put myself on the Wizards, right? Because I wanted to pick a team that sucked. So it would be a challenge to get them to the playoffs, right? Like I didn't want to be on a good team. So I would just automatically make the playoffs. I wanted to be on a team where I could like be the best player and drag them to the playoffs because that's entertaining. So like in 2K20, I was on the Hornets and I was a big man and I dragged them to the playoffs with Kemba, right? And that was fun. Like I was the sixth seed and I played a team in the first round and we had lost the first round, but it felt like real. Like it felt like I was actually trying hard to win. It wasn't just easy. And so that's the enjoyment I'm hoping that I can find again this year. Like good luck taking dragging, you know what I'm saying? But thank you. But (laughs) my point is I'm not trying to be the sweaty motherfucker. Like I think I'll genuinely try to enjoy like the actual career aspect of it because I just, I don't know. I haven't played in a while because 2K sucks and I'm hoping this year will be different. Well, what I do is I, I plot myself on like the 92 Celtics as a draft pick. Okay. Is yeah. Okay. It was the dark ages as RJ informs us throughout the show. Yep. So my challenge is to make it not that way. So it's That's more fun. fun for me that way. It's Agreed. essentially the same challenge, but it's yeah. a little different. Different era. It's different. Mm-hmm. They should do that for my career, but they won't. Uh, guard. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Makes sense. Um, I don't know. Do I have any more rattles? I might be done with rattles. I don't know if. Oh, um, I went to a Duncan. Uh, I was in Worcester, so I was. It was a different Duncan I'm used to. Go to the window. I was gonna get this. The thing you told me. I've been getting it lately. Salted caramel cold brew. It's good. Mm. Uh, I tell them they're like, oh, we don't have that anymore. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have that anymore? I see it on your menu. And they're like, yeah, we don't have it. I'm like, you definitely just don't want to fucking make it. Like, <laughs> you just don't want to make it for me. <laughs> You're being. And on the one hand like respect like i get it you don't want to make it i, I wouldn't want to do it either but on the other hand I, give me my coffee <laughs> make it you rat like what, what are we doing this is your one job make the coffee there's no one else in line <laughs> well you know how it is like you work for somebody and you're like you're like Ugh. i don't want to do my job why yeah, i don't know yeah. but that's i just don't want to do it. it that's why i get it i was still annoyed though i wanted my cold brew <laughs> but <clears throat> that's all i got i don't have any more you got anything else today <clears throat> i don't know you know i really don't you know what? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, so Saturday, I don't think I talked about this on the show. I was running in Providence in the morning because that's where I happen to be. Mm-hmm. Now, you forget your I'm running probably, shoes. You told uh-huh. us that. I forgot you forget your shoes. running shoes. Mad as hell. I remember that I story. The yeah. They ruined my day. <laughs> so as I'm running in my basketball shoes, there's a bridge that goes across, of course. There is a section that's the cars, and there's a yep. section that is pedestrians. Oh, no. Okay. The entire section for pedestrians was three people all clumped together, making a wall. Disaster. Walking Disaster. with dogs. So I said, Disaster. you know what? I'm going to turn the other way because there's just no room for me. Like, yep. what am I going to do? Bounce around you and your dogs as your dogs maybe try and bite me, maybe try and mm-hmm. sniff me, get in my way and trip me? Like, no. Yeah. So I that's had to go disaster. another round around the block wasn't yeah. wasn't my favorite thing in the morning I, I don't really know if i have a solution for that they're using it as it's intended to be used but I, don't don't put your dogs in my way i, I don't want to i think that's even the time no, i got yeah. bit by a dog when i was running no uh yes i think so but you can say it again i, I vaguely remember i got bit by a dog it was like this winter in the winter <laughs> and the lady was yeah. like walking her dog and her dog like bites me on the back of my calf and she's like la- like giggling, like like I'm supposed to think it's cute. Like, how big was the dog? It's one of those shit small dogs you could punch, oh, like fifty yeah. yards. <clears throat> yep. But like, I went home and like I was bleeding, like I had blood down my calf. Oh, my mom was bullshit. She was like, should have got their information. Like I was like, uh, like I didn't want to stop because I didn't. <laughs> see, I'm out on that too. Like, 
I always think about like what I would do if I got in an accident or something. If it was small, it's like if it's not going to matter in in an hour, then I don't care enough to make a big. You know what I'm saying? Like you probably felt the same. Like you're like I just this is too long. I just want to go home. Get well, fucking get over. I it. like also don't want to stop. If I'm running, I don't want to stop. So it got you while you're running, and you just kept running. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's funny. Like you do a little like, oh, I'm trying to go around you. And then they kind of don't move. And then the dog. Yep. See, that's what I was going to say about the other walkers. Like because you turned around and didn't like try to go past them, like maybe they're not necessarily on the rat list. Because if you had gone out, they probably would have gotten out of the way. But like rat list you for not like walk. I I just don't like being inconvenienced like that. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm running, I'm not going to stop and then turn around like that just doesn't work. Also, mine as well. Rat list. Uh. What was he going to say? Hmm. Construction. Again, there's still construction in my town during the middle of the day that I'm doing stuff. It's just annoying. And I understand that it is probably the best time of day for them to do it. And the fact that like people aren't going to work and back and it's just because I have a different schedule. It doesn't mean I have to like it. It's still annoying. Still, still don't love it, especially because the construction they're doing is taking up like three quarters of the road. So they only have one small lane going back and forth on a pretty very busy road in my town. So it's just like, you're in a giant line waiting for your turn. And then the worst part is didn't happen to me today, but it has recently. It's when you get up close to the front and then the police officer cuts you off. Like you're the last one. And so you don't get to go and you have to wait a whole nother cycle. <clears throat> Disaster. Uh, so ratless that <laughs> not a fan. I'm not, a. it was pissing me off today. Uh, I think that's all I got. That's all the rattles I have today. You have anything else? No, I don't have anything good. I got to start like writing stuff down. I gotta yeah, be I got to remember. I had uh, I had okay stuff, but I don't have any good like oh, I wonder... stuff in here either. I wrote uh, stuff down in the past on my uh, <clears throat> on my phone for Atlas. I wonder if I had anything that I should forget. I don't think I have. Nobody really pissed me off like royally over the last couple days. Oh, this is nothing. And I have to go pick up Henry in a sec, but this is one thing I remembered. So I'm a big fan of like uh, esports. Like I'll watch competitive video games and shit. Um, I That's played League of Legends. Go on. <laughs> Eat shit. I've played like League of Legends is a game I played since high school, whatever. But I wanted to tie it to basketball briefly because, again, I have to leave in a sec, but I just thought it was funny. They were in the finals of their like the championship, right? And it's like a five game series. But when they're walking back to the rooms in between games, they go the same way like there's not separate tunnels they didn't walk down the same hallway the two teams and so they're going back and one of the players just turns to the other team and goes hey you guys should probably try winning a game just, I like just, that. just shit talking and my thought was what if the players during halftime at the end of the game had to walk through the same tunnel <laughs> and that's just the first thing i thought of like well they do that if- in soccer some stadiums yeah. they come out they come out the but tunnel like- and they hold like the the thing that says we're this team and they're that team and we're playing in this game but, like, what if after the Grizzlies-Lakers series, Dylan Brooks and LeBron had to chill, walk through the same tunnel back to their dressing room? The boxing gloves. <laughs> yeah, right? I just thought it was funny. It wasn't rattless. It was just something. I, I I guess I wrote it down in my notes. But that's all I got today. We, we can wrap there. You, you all set? You got anything else? I'm all set. I'm all Let's set. Let's call it there. Well, thank you guys for watching. We appreciate you guys tuning in to How About Them Celtics. Uh, we've been putting our fan duel ads for CLNS in. Make sure to check out those deals. Um You'll hear it from us on the audio platforms once a week. Our ad will go out once a week because that's what's recorded. There's weird stuff, but you see it in the videos and you hear the okay. ads uh, in the shorter videos. It, it's some weird thing they explained to me, but check out the deals with CLNS at FanDuel. Make sure to use code Boston there. Uh, check us out on SeatGeek, HBTC. We have too many codes now. I am 
running in circles. Check us out on playback. We're everywhere now. It's a year ago. We had 200 subs. Now I'm spitting out a bunch of different promos. Check us out on Apple and Spotify. Leave us five stars. My dad texted me today. said, wait, you guys, there's podcasts on Spotify. He just thought it was just an Apple thing. Thank you, dad, for giving us those five stars there as well. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. That's the big thing. We just hit 1,260 and leave us a comment. My favorite part of the day is reading the comments. Uh, Sam, get us out of here. Yes, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on the YouTube, whether it's ours or CLNS's or CLNS's other one. Subscribe. If it's us, hit the notification bell. You'll get all of our daily uploads right to your phone, and you won't miss any of them as we crawl through September on the hot coals. It's terrible. Uh, (laughs) Spotify and Apple, you can follow us there. Leave a nice five-star review. Playback. How about them Celtics? We have the check mark. Follow us. We're going to be doing streams there. Jack and I are going to Vegas. We want the Celtics to be there too. So we have a little bit more at stake when we watch these games. So it'll be some fun. You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. You can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack's Money B. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Check, Jacko. Come on.